Hello, everybody. Thank you for joining our podcast, which is called Interruptions. I am Latrice Ferguson, and the Workplace Learning and Professional Development team is here to interrupt you. We call our podcast Interruptions because we believe that there is a space between an incident and a response to that incident. That space in the middle, we call that the interruption. And we believe that if you have the appropriate tools during that interruption that you can engage then you are more likely to have a positive outcome. So today, our interruption is all about our values. We have gone on this journey where we have explored our institute values, of which there are nine, with various members of our campus community. And I am so privileged and so pleased to have three community leaders with us today to explore this topic of we nurture the well-being of our community. So before I introduce them or before I allow them to introduce themselves, let's get a little bit of sense of their personality. And maybe you might recognize their voices when you when they start talking. So how many of you have heard of the game One Gotta Go? No? Okay. So I'm going to name three or four things, and one of those things has to go, all right? So you have to pick which one has to go. So let's start off easy. We'll start off with, oh, this will be interesting because y'all are well-being people. Okay, so fries, like French fries, pizza, milkshakes, or burgers, which one has to go? French fries. French fries? You going to let French fries? Okay, okay. French fries. Hey, milkshake. Milk, yeah, that like that dairy burger. What is wrong with you? Burger? Okay. So French fries, burgers, and milkshakes gotta go. Y'all gonna keep pizza. All right. Okay, that's fair. Let's take it a little bit more. Let's see. Uh Whitney Houston, Adele, Mariah Carey, or Beyonce? Mariah. Whitney Houston. <laughs> so one person says Mariah. What you gonna do at Christmas time when Mariah go? Then we got Whitney Houston. Got another Mariah. Two Mariahs and one Whitney. That was you, difficult. You gonna take Whitney out? That was difficult. All right, all right, all right, all right, all right. Y'all, y'all are interesting. As long as none of y'all said Beyonce, I'm good. We can be no, friends. No, queens to the top. We're good. Yes, exactly. All right, last one. Your therapist, comfort foods, the gym, or self defense classes. I don't have a therapist, so we'll go therapist. <laughs> so that could go for you. Okay. I'm going to say comfort foods. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll stick with the therapist, too. Therapist got to go. All right, all right, all right, all right. Okay, well, thank y'all for playing. Right, because you're saying which one has to go. It has to go, right? yeah. Right, not which one. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 you got to go. All right, well, thank y'all for playing along with that just for a moment. I would like to take a moment to introduce uh, my campus community colleagues. First and foremost, I will start with Joy Alexander. Joy, can you tell us a little bit about who you are? Yes. So my name is Joy Alexander. I serve as the director for the Wellness Empowerment Center here at Georgia Tech. Um, I've been here for close to five years um, and excited to be able to be a part of this panel discussion. Awesome. Thank you so much, Joy. Rob <laughs> Connolly, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, I'm uh, Rob Connolly. I'm the 
I'm the chief of police here at Georgia Tech. I've been at Tech now, it's on my 13th year. This is my 33rd year in law enforcement, and I manage the police department. Awesome. Thank you for being here. It's so hard for me not to call you chief, so I probably will call you chief. All right. And Mr. Brian Smith. Hello. Welcome. Thank you very much, Latrice. Uh, yeah, Brian Smith. I'm the senior director for Campus Recreation. Uh, I've been here for all of nine months, so I'm a new pup on the street. Like sports, grew up in sports. It's kind of why I'm in recreation now. And But I spent previous 15 years at UCLA. We're seeing numerous programs and services for their campus over there and excited to be here at Tech and helping our students, faculty, and staff members on campus here. Awesome. Well, thank you all so much for being here to, to, to discuss this topic. So the interesting thing is I said at the beginning that we have nine values, right? Not as a lot. However, today we're focusing on our value of we nurture the well-being of our community. We define that value as we strive to build a healthy and vibrant environment that helps our students and every member of our community grow holistically and develop the self-awareness, knowledge, and practices necessary to pursue healthy, purposeful, fulfilling lives. So the question that I'd love to start with is I'm curious to know how do you all personally as leaders in your own personal areas, how do you nurture your well-being? And uh, Joy, you want to start? How do you personally nurture your own well-being? So, you know, I think well-being for me is individualized. It's it's a journey. It's not a destination. Um, and so what I try to do is, one, give myself grace um, and understand that the idea of making sure that I have my own oxygen on before I'm able to help others is fundamental in how I try to nurture my well-being by practicing self-care, uh, making sure that I'm getting enough sleep at night, making sure that when I feel that I am exhausted, that I listen to my body and I rest, uh, making sure that I'm eating and exercising. I'm probably not as intense as Brian when it comes to exercising, but I do try to get at least 30 minutes of physical activity a day. Um, and so with that, I think all of those strategies are how I try to nurture my well-being by listening to my body and being able to adhere to what it's telling me that I need, whether it's food, whether it's hydration, whether it's sleep, exercise, whatever I find in that moment, I try to pause and make sure that I take the time to prioritize what I need. Thank you for that, Joy. Chief Connolly, how do you, how do you nurture your own personal well-being? Well, I promise you, exercise is definitely one of mine, at least every day. Actually, some mind time too, just relaxing, reading. You know, I'll sit in Tech Square two or three hours and Barnes and Noble and read through books just to reset myself to a week, just to reset and uh, always come back at a really good place so you can listen well and keep a good pace. Awesome. Thank you. Brian, how do you nurture your own personal well being? I really listen to myself. I mean, I, I exercise six days a week sometimes. There's some days where I'm like, you know what? Not doing this today. And I, you know, my body's sore. I just feel like not doing it today and I just don't do it. Right. So, but I like a massage, making sure that, you know, I can relax during that time, being around people and positive people that uh, want to help and make a difference. It's important. And I think those are the, the key things for me is being an extrovert, being around folks to kind of get some of their energy is important. 
And then, you know, I think being active and uh, listening to a podcast here and there to get some new ideas on ways to live life or better lives or whatever it may be and um, putting some of that stuff into practice. So I like to eat. So get me out at a good restaurant or a hole in the wall. I won't be any happier. So thank y'all for sharing that. So it's interesting. I like the analogy that Joy used about putting like your oxygen mask on yourself first because you all have some really big jobs on our campus with big responsibilities. So it's important for everybody to know that we are not only nurturing the well-being of our community, but before we can even do that, we have to put our own oxygen mask on in order to be an example of what that looks like for others. So we were purposeful in sort of establishing this panel, right? And so when I think about Chief Conley from a safety and sort of, you know, perspective, joy from a sort of mental and, you know, well-being and Brian from the physical space, I'm curious to know from you all, when you think about this value, when you saw this value, I'm sure you all were excited. Like, okay, we are actually calling out that well-being in our community is important. But what did you think as it relates to your work, having this value articulated by the organization that we serve? What does that mean for you and your space? And I'll start with you, Chief. Yeah, it's making people a priority, I think. And, and I think that's, a, that's the great part of this value is that we can't help anyone if we're not taking care of ourselves and it puts people first. And I think that's what's great having this as a major value. When you think about it through the lens of, like you are responsible for basically all of our safety on our campus. When you think about that through the lens of well-being, what does that make you think about? Anything in particular? Well, I think, well, one, internally, the PD, we've got to first take care of our folks. Right? We can't be caregivers if we can't take care of ourselves. And we don't have a group that respects each other, enjoys each other, and likes to come to work. That's critical, you know, to come here, serve this community, protect the community. It's critical that we have the right environment within the PD. Things start with wellness, and it goes into many others. Thank you. What about you, Brian? I mean, you have that big, beautiful facility over there. Like, what What do you think when you saw that I'm coming to this organization that has this value, like, articulated? Like, I see myself in the mission and vision of the organization. I think it's important, like like Rob said, to, to realize that it's about the people, right? But it's also, it's it's good to know that there's support and financial resources behind well-being on campus, but also to have the spoken word and written in the, you know, on the website and for everyone to see that this is the value for campus. And moving that forward is, since I've been here, is how do we engage more than what we have been in the past? And talking about, you know, our students obviously is paramount, but we also have faculty and staff members on campus that, that need support as well. And so how do we start to get into that side of recreation, physical fitness, uh, mindfulness, those sorts of things, and really kind of push programming towards faculty and staff, as well as our students um, that are as outside of our walls. So while we have this big, beautiful building, Students are in here every day and it's full. So what else can we do outside of this space to really kind of impact our campus and provide them with, a, with an experience that, that they're going to remember and be, and be happy about? So that's kind of where I'm at right now is grateful that it's, that it's out there for everyone to see it. And now how do, I, how do I move forward and try to impact the most people on campus as possible? Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. Joy, what are your thoughts on this question? Yeah, for me, um, Georgia Tech is my third institution that I've worked at. Um, but the first to have well-being as a um, value for the institution. Um, so one, I think it speaks volumes um, to 
what we are prioritizing as an institution. And so I think for me, when I think about the work that I do around wellness and making sure that students are well, to have the institution support on that magnifies the message. Because often what I hear students say is that it's not that they don't want to be well, but oftentimes the pressure of the classroom makes it challenging for them to take care of themselves. And so for me, I think having well-being as a value and having a whole strategic plan around it not only helps students, but also helps employees because we often are on the front line, but sometimes forgotten and understanding our capacity or what we are here to do. And so for me, I appreciate that the institution has not only chosen to look at the well-being of students, but also the well-being of employees to understand the intersectionality of those concepts and how when they are both well, the institution will flourish and thrive in more ways than they could ever imagine. That's good stuff. So when you guys think about this idea of well-being, right, nurturing the well-being of our community, and you think about your role from a leadership perspective, right? So you are leading people as well as serving our customers, our community. And so are there things or tips that you can give to other leaders around this value and how like practical, tangible things that maybe you do in your practice with the folks that report to you to ensure well-being or ensure attention at least to it? Any tips? Anybody want to jump in and share? I think something that I like to do and, you know, I, I, when I came here and I got here, everyone was very stuck on a 40 hour work week. And, um, and I think that's, that's important because that's what you're hired to do. But at the same time, there's times your job can require you to work a little more than 40 hours a week. And so understanding that, what does that mean on the backside? Right. And how do you, how do you help them understand that? Yes, I may need you to work 40 hours this week, but let's, let's talk about how we can make it up on somewhere else and, uh, and help you out or flex your work or, uh, if someone needs to work from home more because their job will allow for it. What does that look like versus other people who may not, whose jobs may not allow them to work from home as much. So what's the flexibility we can provide with our staff to make sure that they are able to do the things that they need to do in order to be successful in their roles, but also make sure that we're not sacrificing the work or the output that's here on campus and what, and what the campus needs as well. So really trying to balance that and having open conversations with the team and making sure that they know that, you know, they're going to have my support until they do something that's that's uh, that may challenge that, then we get to have that discussion. But I think it's important that they know I'm going to be here for them and uh, going to support them. And I'm going to be in the weeds with them as much as, I, as much as I can be to help them out. And then in turn, I hope that they're putting the best foot forward as, as we go forward. And so, yeah, so be flexible and build trust, open and honest communication. Awesome. Thank you, Brian. Mm -hmm. Any other tips, practical things y'all do that you can add? Yeah, I think for me, what I've learned is to lead by example. Um, and so understanding that as a leader and someone who focuses on wellness, I have to make sure that my team sees myself as someone who takes wellness serious. As I mentioned, it is so individualized. And so what I've learned is to meet my team where they are. Each of them have different needs. And so it's not a catch-all. It's how can I support you? What do you need to do to take care of yourself? If you need a mental health day, take a mental health day. And, and I support them in that. I believe that making sure that 
whatever it is that they are struggling with, that they don't struggle alone and that I can be there to support them. I can be there to advocate for them, but also understanding that they matter as well. And so when you are so focused on the wellness of students, oftentimes your own wellness struggles, it it, it suffers. And so making sure that I allow them to know that I see you, I see the work that you're doing. Are you well, right? And if you're not, what do you need to do to ensure your wellness? And so whatever that is, I'm, I'm meeting them where they are and not being so prescriptive of what wellness has to look like because it does look different and it's not a one size fit all. Very interesting. Chief, what are y'all doing in the police department? That's a, a tricky, yeah, tricky situation over there. Let's go to a totally different environment. <laughs> so when we talk about wellness and stress, it's a little different because we deal with obviously the most traumatic stuff. We're there in most crises. So one of the biggest challenges we have, we don't have flexibility. I wish I can give them time off. One of the, the largest things with students, I hear from parents and everyone, visibility on campus and public safety in an urban setting. I need them to be here. I can't flex work. We can't do all these things that administrative positions have. We're probably operational plus plus when it comes to things. So because they have to be here, uh, we do a lot of things with the individual units, for different patrol shifts, we have three different shifts, the investigative unit. We give them some flexibility and I support them as they do little recognitions within their units. So I support that. So, for example, if they have a barbecue or something, to just to have some good camaraderie amongst you because they have to be here all the time. There is no flex schedule here whatsoever. The other thing is how each one of us, based on our years, me being 33 years in the job and someone new in the job, how we experience crisis situations different. So a veteran like me, a little old and callous, a little bit more, seen too much, that sees things different than someone brand new. So when it comes to wellness and crisis, debriefing, talking through things together because everyone's experience is different. So being very open like that, it takes a lot of discussion, a lot of training. So when you have these breaks within summer and spring break, we do a lot of training just so we can be in touch with all the different generations we have together and cultures to understand different complexities. But actually, believe it or not, that helps our well-being. We have a gym within the PD, a little gym. We rotate people in. We like fostering some competition and having fun because, you know, that's you know, a lot of top things. So we try to bring a lot of that well-being into our culture within the PD. And, of course, a lot of training and development. Everyone, like my command staff, no one stays in their job for 24 months. Everyone has to move. It's a part of their development. And the same thing with people moving in shifts and development. And really that helps cultivate a really good well-being. And as, as Latrice knows, it's developing future leaders so we can address issues right away. So we can have a very positive environment. It's a lot of, I guess you can say, nonsense food. By having good leaders, they can address things early, communicate things, and move things. So really, that's all a part of our well-being. Police and fire games, road races. We like to compete. We won, by the way, just to put it out there. We won the police and fire games, five-on-five basketball. <laughs> the state champions, we won so that kind of stuff we like. And then we have these competitive things we do and peer counseling and having development stuff within the PD. So we're so unique. You know, it's so different because I know I hear and we see this. A lot of people work from home and we can't do any of that. None of that reward system. We have to find other creative ways because we have to be here. 
Absolutely. And I think there's lots of tips in there. I mean, this whole idea of talking, building trust, debriefing, building leaders, being flexible, open, honest, all of these concepts sort of translate no matter where you work, these things become important. A question that I would get all the time is like, okay, yes, this is Pollyanna. Yeah, we're going to flex work and we're going to build trust and talk to people and, you know, recognize them. But how do you do that with employees you have a challenge with? So maybe their work isn't where it needs to be. Maybe there's like whatever challenges that are going on. How do you, as leaders, maintain the same positive attitude towards well-being? Because a lot of times when people think of well-being and even in our behaviors, it talks about saving space for people to participate in things and do things, which indicates time away from work in some instances or work in quotes, as I would say, right? And so how do you do that for individuals who may have challenges with delivering the quality of work that you would like them to see? Kind of go back to my sports days, looking at my my coaches when I was when I was in high school, how they had an impact on me and their coaching, right? Because not everything goes well when you're on when you're on a court or a football field or a baseball field. And how do you how do you have that relationship with your teammate, with your team and your players to really kind of get the most out of them, right? So I mean I, I be lying if I came in and said that everything was sunshine and rainbows when I got here. Um, and so I think it's a lot of having honest conversation about, you know, where they're at current, where staff is at currently, where they want to be. Do they see themselves here? What are their goals? And while also building an expectation of like, this is what I need for you to do your job well, here's what I'm going to do for you to make sure that you get there and continue to have that conversation and holding people accountable throughout that period of time to try to correct either behavior or uh, work ethic and and output. So I think the, at the end of the day, it's on me as a leader or manager to follow up with my staff to make sure that they're doing the things that I need them to do uh, without trying to be too overbearing or too, I guess, micromanaging of their day-to-day work, right? So I want them to be able to flourish and grow and make decisions as long as they show me that they're able to do that. And then uh, we'll check in and, and have constant follow-up on, way, on the ways things are doing well and ways they're improving. So I think my responsibility would be with that is, you know, obviously, you know, holding folks accountable, but the bigger picture is really moving the department in a direction and keep developing. As we keep moving our mission and our, what we're developing, those that are going to progress with us, they're going to move along with us. Those that usually have a challenge developing, they'll stand out and they'll, they'll come along or they'll just either stay at the level they're at or they'll keep moving. So ultimately it's is to keep moving the progress of the department, constantly moving to what's next, developing new units, and keeping our unit very dynamic. And as we keep moving, you'd be surprised, a lot of that personnel stuff becomes white noise as we keep progressing the department in new directions, in their development. And then those that don't make it, you know, we'll handle it accordingly, individually. But ultimately, it's my job is to keep moving and progressing in a direction that those that have challenges, they stand out. And then, of course, we provide them the support. And if not, we'll be very direct with them, especially in our environment, and uh, tell them they're not making it. And hopefully we did everything we can to help develop them. If not, you know, we'll just, we just move on. But really, the bigger picture is keeping things moving and developing. And that's that dynamic development and growth in the units. So that's kind of what I think is my responsibility. Yeah, thank you for that, Chief. Joy, anything to add to that? For me, what I've learned is 
building relationships with the people that you're working with are really important. Because what I've learned is that oftentimes if they are not performing well, it has to do with a number of factors. And so I think for me, the way that I have learned to identify when someone is not performing well is by checking in with them and seeing how they are doing. And oftentimes your personal life does show up in your profession. And so if they are going through something challenging personally, that absolutely impacts their ability and productivity. And so for me, building relationships and making sure that if you've ever heard of the saying, people could care less what you have to say until they know that you care about them as a person. I use that model because I want my team to know that I care about them as people first, work second. And so if there comes a time where they are not doing what I need them to do, then having those conversations and checking in to allow them to know, hey, I've noticed that you're not able to meet your deliverables. You're not able to meet your deadlines. What's going on? And talking them through what's going on and then allowing them to say, okay, how can I support you with this? What do you need during this time to ensure your success in this role and in this position? And so that has been the strategy that I use that has been successful because it allows the employees to know that I care about them as a person first and then the work. And so I think people want to feel valued. And so I think when that is missing, it's hard for them to care about the work when they don't feel that they matter and the organization as a whole. Yeah. So thank you all for that. We've gotten some really good tips um, since we've been talking for the past, you know, a couple minutes or so. And I'll just recap some of that. We started off with this idea of giving yourself, you know, grace, right? Making sure that you're putting your own oxygen mask on first. But some additional themes around flexibility, right? So depending upon where you work or how your organization is set up, finding ways to be flexible, getting to know people, building trust, providing opportunities for learning and growth. These are all ways that we nurture the well-being of our community. And then when we think about this idea of how do I do that? How do I do that even in the midst of challenging situations that will always occur in the workplace? You know, how do I, you know, be flexible with someone who is not performing in the way that I believe that they should? And so the idea here is, again, is to, to lean in and press in and try to uncover and understand what is going on and how we can, you know, be of assistance to, to those things. As we close out, I think not only does the Institute, the organization, Georgia Tech, place that we have the privilege to serve, not only are we articulating these values, the people now will be starting to have to write goals around these values, right? And so I often say that people do what is inspected, not expected. So knowing that someone is going to be checking, right, and I'm writing goals and I'm my performance, you know, is not only based on do I do the spreadsheets well or whatever the metric is in your sort of technical profession, but also will be measured around these nine values, one of which is we nurture the well-being of our community. So as we sort of wrap up or close, any advice or tips that you all can provide to our community members as they start to write values around 
their well-being. I'll just close the question with there are behaviors that their behaviors are actions that go with our definition of the value. But any tips as you people think about this idea of writing a goal around valuing my well-being? We'll start with you, Joy, and you can answer the question and then give us any final words that you might have. I think the tip that I would give employees when writing it is to make it your own and to understand that wellness is a journey and, a, and not a destination. And so whatever it is that you choose to focus on, making sure that you have the buy-in and support for that goal from your superiors or from your department is really important because that will ensure your ability to successfully accomplish it, right? Because we know that there's one thing to write something and there's another thing to actually do the work. And so what I would tell employees is to make sure that whatever it is that they choose to focus on, that they have the support from their supervisors and from their department to actually work on that goal. Because if not, then it just becomes paper. And so because wellness is so new and something that people are still trying to explore and learn and figure out, how does it fit for them? I think making sure that they think about what do they need to be well in the workplace and use that as a way to create a goal. What do employees need? And those needs look different. And I don't think that's a bad thing. I think it's just making sure that they have what they need and they are willing to advocate that they are in an environment that promotes wellness. And so I think that buy-in piece is that piece to determine if they have the capacity to be well, right? And so without that, that's going to be very challenging for them to determine how well they can be. As I mentioned initially, when we started this conversation, give yourself grace and understand that you are responsible for your own wellness. And so you have to be your own advocate and making sure that you are well. The departments and institution can support that, but you have to determine what you need first. And then you have to determine if the institution is willing to support you and what you need to be well. But don't be afraid to ask and don't be afraid to advocate. And most of all, don't be afraid to say, this is what I need and this is why I need it. And so with wellness, I think that's the piece of making sure that if you are not well, that you determine what you need to be well and that it should be a priority, hands down. So that's what I would say. Prioritize yourself, put your oxygen on and make sure that you're well before you try to make sure others are. Awesome. Thank you so much for that, Joy. Chief, when we think about this idea of goals and, you know, around well-being, I'm thinking of your group from the standpoint of sort of not only putting their oxygen mask on, right, because we want well officers serving our campus community, but also thinking about sort of how do you provide guidance as people are trying to create goals around, around well-being and wellness. Any thoughts that come to mind for you around that? It's physical fitness is a big thing, obviously. Not only the mental well-being, but also the physical. And lots of discussion in the law enforcement community are mandating. And I think that really gets pushed back. You know, so like Jerry said, it's really good to encourage, make sure 
folks want to do it. It comes from a good place. But creativity is everything. Find them a way that they're wanting to do it. It's fun. They're going to do it. It's going to incorporate. So really having their say in how you develop these goals. For example, with us, different units have different ideas on how physically to be fit because everyone's in different locations, uh, living place, as you can imagine. So finding that, and then same thing with mental well-being. Everyone has a different way to reset themselves. So exploring them to different options, educating all of them in different ways to reset themselves is something that we do. And then they can pick everything out of this smorgasbord of stuff. We'll figure out how to do fitness stuff at the gym, do joint runs, walking meetings, and all these creative things that we can add. But there's no one thing that's going to fit all of them. So being very creative, having lots of options, it really helps it. And then, again, it helps the, the whole camaraderie and the whole community as a whole internally. And then students, we like doing boot camps. We love reaching out with students and do more activities with them, especially during those stressful times. We take it out to the bringing, we'll do a little boot camp with the police and, and, and our students and the PD love to connect. That's, that's one of the best things about our officers. They love the students too, and they love to connect. We have, you know, adopt a cop. We have an officer that's assigned to every Greek fraternity. So they come back to us, hey, they're doing a function. This Saturday, I'll be speaking to their leadership group. So all of us connect with students. That connection, as Joey said before, that relationship, that's a lot about mental well-being. It's they understand the purpose while we're here, right? And then it's that connection with them. So really, creativity to me is probably the biggest thing when you write those goals. It's be careful writing it in a box or pushing people to do something that's not for them and be as creative as possible and make it fun. I love it. Thank you, Chief. Ryan. The idea around goals, right? You want to make, want to make sure that it's something that you're going to role model as well. You know, if you're going to ask someone to do something to meet a goal, you're going to want to make sure that you're able to role model the same thing. Uh, so, you, you know, it's measurable, it's actionable, the, the smart goal stuff. Like that's, that's all important. Whether you're talking about someone's personal well-being or how they're going to help others on campus be more well, then how do you make sure that those things are attainable and the campus community wants or needs? So, you know, as Chief and Joy both said, like it's about relationships, it's about building about, you know, creating environments where students and faculty staff can be successful and enjoy the work that they're doing through some of the, the physical, mental, spiritual fitness that they're able to receive through, through all of us. Well, I would like to thank each of you for engaging in this discussion with me. I do know that there are ways that faculty, staff, students can engage with each of your areas, right? And so I don't think that I am remiss or overstepping by saying, you know, if you're in the gym, check out Brian, see what they have to offer over there. Joy and well-being, they have all types of programs. You can learn how to be a, a, a what do they call it, Chief? The, the civilian officer training. There's all kinds of ways that you can get involved on campus. And well-being does not just mean getting off of work and going to a class or doing something. Well-being means lots of things to lots of people. So if there's any interruption that you've had today, I think the important thing to remember is this is a personal journey. It's a personal journey that you have to sort of understand for yourself what you need to be well and create a community around you, which includes your supervisors, your peers, your, you know, to support you in achieving that well-being. Thank you, Chief. Thank you, Joy. Thank you, Brian. This is a conversation that I hope will be ongoing. And um, if you need any help, reach out. 
We are here to support you. My name's Latrice and you have officially been interrupted.